Hello, this is Alex, and you're listening to Napa Valley Insurrection, and um, I'm excited about today's guest. I have uh, Laura Wells on the phone with me. She's a spokesperson for the Green Party of California. Uh, how's it going, Laura? Where are you heading? <laughs> there you go. Well, definitely want to, um, yeah, so definitely, you know, first first kind of t topic I wanted to, um, you know, for listen listeners out there who, um, you know, don't know, you know, uh, not, not everyone uh, knows as much about the Green Party as as we do, so I definitely want to ask you to talk a little bit about what the Green Party is, um, um, you know, why and and, uh, and when it formed in California, and uh, maybe just to kind of back up before that, though, um, first, do you kind of want to introduce your, yourself to uh, listeners as well? Uh, yeah, I can introduce myself at the, at the same time that I talk about uh, when the Green Party uh, started in 1992. So at this point, it was 18 years, 28, 28 years ago. Uh, and that's when I became a Green. After everybody did the hard work of getting all the all the registrations and getting on the ballot, then I became a Green. I've been active ever since. Uh, prior to that, I, I grew up in Michigan, and then I lived in Massachusetts for a while, and I've been now in California uh, for, since 1979, the year after the uh, Prop 13 was passed in mm. 1978, interestingly enough. But since then, I've been active at the local level, which for me is Alameda County. I live in Oakland, California now, and uh, and at the state level, and a little bit at the national. Um, and I've also run for statewide office. It, it seems that my version of local politics is the nation state of California, <laughs> the fifth or sixth, you know, largest economy in the world. Um, but I ran. Uh, for a controller, state controller, and uh, one time for governor uh, in 2010, right after the 2008 global meltdown, which seemed like a good time to follow the money and see why our government was doing what it was doing. Uh, and uh, then more recently, in 2018, the Green had an opportunity to run a candidate against Barbara Lee, who is arguably the most progressive um, U.S. representative in uh, Washington, and yet she's not as um, forward-thinking as her constituents. Um, but she was running unopposed two years ago for the primary in California, and for people who don't know, uh, California has a top two primary system, which means all the parties run together for the state and federal offices that are partisan. All the parties run together, but only two show up on the November ballot. And so in this case, where she was running unopposed on the primary ballot, uh, the top write-in candidate would win. And so we've mounted a strong campaign for that, and I ran uh, and received uh, like three times as many votes as the other four candidates put together, uh, and uh, on a, in a one-on-one -on -one race, 
uh, for Congress in the November uh, 2018 election. And I'll add one more thing about that, which is that there were two others, two young men in uh, Southern California, in Los Angeles, who were also in one-on-one -on -one races with uh, Democratic opponents. And so we were able to talk about the difference between the Democratic Party and the Green Party. Awesome. Yeah, I know um, in my neck of the woods, um, uh, Sadie Fulton from Yellow County sort of tried a, a similar tactic. Uh, um, the, the, the Democratic incumbent, um, Cecilia Aguilar-Curry, didn't have any uh, competitors during the primary, and she, and uh, along with two other candidates, a Libertarian and a Republican, I believe, pulled papers to, to do the right-in thing as well. And I believe she, she was two, uh, two or, uh, two or four, four votes away um, from, yeah. from getting the top and so ended up going to a libertarian. But yeah, I mean, those, those opportunities, those, those important political opportunities ex exist all over the place, for sure. Yeah, it's, it, and it's very important to take them because this system is, as so many people are more and more aware, is not the democracy we wish it were. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it were the democracy that, you know, it, it should be, a lot more people would vote. You know, if, if you want to judge a system to see how many people are, are voting or not. And don't blame the people who aren't voting for being apathetic. Blame the system for, for holding so little hope to people. If people, uh, people will vote when there are real choices and when we can really um, make a difference. Definitely. I always think vote. Even in this lousy system, please vote. It doesn't take that much time. Get yourself some good recommendations and all that. Use every bit of power that you can because the people with the concentrated wealth, which means concentrated power, are using all their power. Let's use all ours. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, next question, I'll, I guess I'll kind of fold uh, two questions in together. Um, I, I was wondering, uh, so... So, 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 so why Green Party? Uh, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, what the Green Party stands for and how it um, um, is different from, you know, the Democrats and Republicans. Um, okay. from, from, from there, though, too, um, um, I was wondering if you could talk about, uh, I guess, like the, the county parties, but like specifically how, how can people, like if they're like listeners in California listening who live in counties, you know, whether there are active county green parties or not, um, how, like how, how can they sort of get involved? Um, yeah. Okay. And while I'm talking, I'm going to, uh, go do, go to the website, uh, you know, at, at real time right now. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> it's cagreens.org as, as in californiagreens.org. So no periods, just C-A-G-R-E-E-N-S dot org. And then uh, in one of the top choices, you can see participate. And it has... Uh, those, my dear, are the, um, the committees. So go to the... Um, the party, the choice that's party, that's right next to participate, but go to party, and it will tell you about the county councils, uh, and the, oh, you know, I thought I knew this better than, than it turns out that I do. 
because I, um, because there's a map someplace that you can click on. Okay. So, hold off, I'll find that. <laughs> yeah, no worries, no worries. My face just turned red instead of green, but, um, <laughs> are you, are you a watermelon green? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of relationship between red and green, you know, when you speak about, um, eco-socialism. So, yeah, but the Green Party is, um, the wonderful thing about the Green Party that makes me and a whole lot of other people just stay with it is that it has what this country needs, in my opinion, in our opinion. What is that? It's a political party where the entire political party does not take corporate money, no PAC money, none of that. It's strictly for the people. And when even good people take bad money, you know, the corporate money, it is very hard for them not to make those make decisions that will at least satisfy their funders. You know, they can say a whole lot of things. Talk is real. You know, uh, they can say whatever they want to get the voters to vote for them. But when it comes down to their decision making, the money that they receive makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. And the values that we have are the the four basics are. Of course, the environment, everybody thinks about the Green Party as environment. Environment is incredibly important, more and more as we realize. But it's also justice, social justice, which you cannot, which is totally related to the environment. And it's also about peace and nonviolence. So those are three things, the environment, justice, peace, and real democracy. So those are the four basics. And there are 10 key values, of which those are, are the four major ones. But the 10 key values are something that are near and dear to a whole lot of people's hearts. You know, they read it and they go, yeah, that's pretty much what I want. Mm -hmm. and, and the important thing about the Green Party is its scope. Uh, believe me, the, the two-party system would like to, everybody to think that that's all there is. Mm -hmm. um, because the backers, you know, the owners of those two parties are, the, they fund both parties. You know, people know that. You know, they fund both parties. Why? Because they want to have access yeah. when they get in. They don't yeah. want to irritate the, whoever wins. The, good business choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, politicians run pretty cheap. You don't need to, when you're a, a huge corporation, it's not that much money to buy uh, a politician. Um, and yeah. sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll put branches or uh, various factories in different, you know, congressional districts so that they can smear all the uh, representatives in the entire state or, you know, across the country. So, but what we are is that we're, our scope is international. There are green parties all around the globe. So if the two parties would like to it's hard. Uh, we're also national. When you look at the presidential race, if, if you look at two-thirds of people, poll after poll, decade after decade, two-thirds of uh, voters would like to have more than just the Democrats and the Republicans in the debate. And one very good way to determine who should be in the debate would be, okay, which candidate could potentially win? And if 
ballots are automatically on all the ballots on all the states. But the, the other parties, and the, uh, the Green Party and Libertarian are two examples, have to work at it every single time to get mm-hmm. ballot access. Mm-hmm. So a whole lot of the presidential run of the Green Party or of the Libertarian candidate is just getting on the ballot. And so the, um, the Green Party and the Libertarian both get on the ballot in, in the upper 40s, you know, missing just a few states. And in some of those states, you can run as a write-in, and in some of them, the, the ballot access rules, which are different in every single state, yeah. um, some of them are absolutely impossible. But if you are, if a, if a presidential candidate is in enough states that they could potentially win, they should be in the debate. And the debate would be a lot more informative, mm-hmm. a lot more just plain interesting if yeah. you just want good TV, um, which most people actually want also a good country. education. just want to be entertained. Um, it, 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 it's far richer debate when there, uh, when there would be those four um, political parties represented. So, so that's why the, the Green Party and I've got one more thing I can say about that. But so, you know, the Green Party has the values that the uh, majoritarian, you know, the people want. It does no corporate money, so it backs up those values. It has integrity. It's got commitment to those values, not to the big corporations and the PAC money. It's international and national in scope. And the other thing about the Green Party is it, it serves this country as a progressive think tank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what examples of that, and, and so it's a think tank, and we take action on it in the form of campaigns where we then have a platform mm-hmm. and we have a, it's a, a real thing. It's uh, not, you know, it's, it's um, official, technical, we're on the ballot, you know, all of that. With our platforms and with League of Women Voters does their um Smart voter uh, websites that I recommend, you know, where you can say, here are our main platforms. And so we are a progressive think tank, and we have been ahead, the Green Party has been ahead on the curve of the curve on legalizing cannabis. I mean, 10 years ago, you're thinking, oh, boy, yeah, there's a pipe dream. (laughs) Um, Pipe dream. (laughs) Literally, I I didn't even do that intentionally. (laughs) Um, And the the same-sex marriage, you know, 10, 15 years ago, didn't think that was going to happen, and, and it did. And then how about this one? Green New Deal. That first, that very thing, first mm-hmm. came out from the Green Party, and Holly Hawkins was one of the early ones to use to talk about that, and he's, he's run, he's in New York. He's a Green in New York, a longtime Green, and a, and a labor organizer, and eco-socialist. Um, and Jill Stein, in both of her uh, runs in 2012 and 2016, the Green New Deal was like a big part of her platform. We've also been ahead of the curve on public banking, and we put that out. I know when I ran for governor, I found out about a public bank that, had, that existed in North Carolina, and it was right there with, um, with taxing the rich by reforming Prop 13 to keep residents, to keep to keep the protections to residents, but to make 
Definitely awesome, great. Well, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, I I did want to spend a little bit of time talking about the uh, the upcoming twenty twenty election. Um, I think listeners, uh, maybe the, a good place to start. I, th- I think listener listeners would be interested is um, um, taking a look at the uh, the Green Party presidential primary because uh, there are a, f- a few Greens running this time around. It's it's uh, a, 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 a pretty dynamic race. Um, Jill Stein's not not running again this time around. So just uh, you know, full disclosure, I, I've kind of just started doing you know my own research on on the candidates to kind of find out you know who's who, what do they all stand for, and all that. Um, so yeah, d- d- could you talk a little bit about um, um, how how the uh, how the Green Party presidential primary is sort of shaping up so far? Okay, well I'll try to uh, do a better job with the website this time. But if you go to gp.org, so just the two letters, gp for greenparty.org, and you'll see right at the top it has presidential 2020, and so that's the National Green Party, and it and it has um, information about the candidates who are running, and there are, um, of the ones that are running strong campaigns, there are five of them. 
brother that, that are not as running as strong a campaign. But those five that are running as pretty strong campaigns are the ones that the Secretary of State in California has put on the ballot. And so they are um, the, you know, who knows, maybe the other three will step up, but the, the two front runners right now are Howard Hawkins and Dario Hunter, and they're both really strong. Other uh, strong contenders are Sebenam um, Curry and uh, Dennis Lambert and David Rolton. And those five people, four, were, were in California recently. We had a state meeting that happened in Fresno in early December. And four of those um, were, in, uh, were in the room uh, in a presidential um, pre uh, panel, which was really great to see. And so that was uh, Howie and Dario and Sednam and David. And then Dennis Lambert was on via uh, video. So, so that's a, a summary, but go to the cpc.org forward slash 2020 and that's where you'll see a lot more about them. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Um, <clears throat> let's then sort of um, shift gears and talk about uh, statewide rate races in, in 2020. Are there any Greens running for office um, in 2020 for, for Congress, Senate, or, or anything like that that, that listeners should kind of keep an eye on and support? Yes, there are. So this, this takes us back to cagreens.org uh, and on that, go to election, and the choice there to go to is Greens in 2020 Spring Election. So that's pretty easy. CA Greens better, go to elections, and then you'll see 2020 Spring Election. And there are seven people, four who are running for Congress, uh, for U.S. Representative in their districts. One is in like you know like Marin in the in the northern uh, northern district, uh, parts of like Mendocino and Humboldt, Marin and, and Sonoma. Uh, another is running in a district near Sacramento. Another Contra Costa, and then another in southeastern LA County. And actually, I'll mention that that one is Rodolfo Cortez Berrigan. He also ran in 2018, yeah. and he. I remember got, seeing that, yeah. His, yeah, his result was in the 20, 20% 20 more um, when he ran one-on-one -on -one against a Democratic Party incumbent. I, I mentioned before that we had three of us were running for Congress against Democratic Party, and they were all three of them were incumbents. And we all did better than what were than people predicted. So, and Rodolfo is, is running again this time. Uh, so that's four people running for Congress in the primary coming up in March. And then there are three people uh, who are running for state assembly in the city that we know of at this point. Mm -hmm. And that's um, somebody is southeastern L.A. County. Someone is running for state assembly, uh, Margaret Villa in um, District 58. And then we have somebody running for city council in Beverly Hills, L.A. County, and somebody running for uh, city council in San Jose, 
in Santa Clara County. And so there, there's more information about those races. Awesome. Cool, cool. Yeah, I guess that, that kind of, um, I, I was, the next thing I was going to ask about were, uh, you know, local races, you know, where are the Greens running for local offices? So you mentioned those city council seats. Um, so maybe then what I'll ask in, in, instead, you know, one of the big ar arguments you hear um, from Democrats and others against the Green Party is that, uh, oh, they never win elections, they never have a shot, and that's just categorically not true, especially at the local level. So uh, do you think you could talk a little bit about the importance of running, of Greens running for local office? Um, maybe talk at uh, if there's anything you have to say about some of our current office holders here in California um, um, yeah. and you know, highlight accomplishments, you know, like, you know, what have Greens done? What can Greens do when they do win local offices? Yeah, there, there have been over the course of the years, the Green Party has had um, hundreds of people elected to local offices and there's an occasional state assembly here and there, but hundreds, uh, I think in California alone, and then across the um, nation. Right now we've got dozens of people that are elected in California. Um, and they, uh, and people run for local offices. There have been cities like Arcata up in Humboldt County and um, Sebastopol and Sonoma County and another, Fair, I Fairfax. Another, I know Fairfax was another shining example we had. Fairfax, yes. Yeah. And where there is Richmond, we had a mayor. Uh, Dale McLaughlin was the mayor as a Green for eight years of Richmond, which is a city of more than 100,000. And that was the uh, biggest city that we had mayor, although Matt Gonzalez uh, in 2003 got up to like 47 percent in a one-on-one -on -one runoff against um, Gavin Newsom, and I think if Gavin Newsom hadn't had all the business and the you know big corporations, the, the Republicans on his side, uh, Matt Gonzalez was so close to winning on that one. Um, but what happens when there is a majority? of people in the city council, or even one person in the city council, or on the school board, or whatever, what happens is that things get put on the table that would never even come up if that person, you know, if that green were not there, that unbought person were not there bringing it up. Um, an example of that, actually, one sort of a national example that I can give over. She's with, um, she's a socialist, I forget what the, Kishama uh, Sawant in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Was <clears throat> in a socialist alternative or something. So, I forget the name of it at the moment. But she came in, one person saying, okay, 15 an, an hour minimum wage. And nobody else was wanting to do that. But because she brought it up, it's almost like you embarrass everybody out of, you know, into doing it. You know, and, and that would happen in Richmond, too, when Gail McLaughlin was the only person on there for, for Green, and then they had a group of people that were the Richmond Progressive Alliance that some of them were Greens, some Independents, some Democrats, but none of them took any corporate money. And they ran in a city that used to be owned by Chevron, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. biggest corporation in the state, and they 
election ever <laughs> was when there were five Christian progressive candidates um, and, and uh, Chevron, the city's about 100,000, Chevron put uh, $3 million against them. And what happened in the race was that RPA won, 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 won. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, Chevron lost, 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 and lost after putting in all that money. And then when they get in, they take care of business. Crime went down. You know, you think, you know, they have this false equation that conservative equals good on crime. Uh-uh. Get a, if you want to reduce the uh, homicides in a city like Richmond, what happened was they went in as progressive in the in the um, homicide rate, rate went down 70%. Why? Because they got somebody in, as a police chief who, was a, uh, who believed in working with the city, with the citizens, with the neighborhoods, and had that kind of an approach as opposed to, an, uh, you know, we're going to clean you all up, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, working together. And it made a huge difference. So, uh, and, and in other places it's balanced. You want the you want to balance the budget? The greens in there, you know, because we're we're not doing payback, you know, sweet deal projects for payback um, campaign contributors and stuff. We're in there for the people. We don't owe anybody any favors, but the citizens who voted for us. So you know, it's happened in city after city. So it's in, in San Francisco. It's not, at one point had about. Five or six people, either on the school board or the um, supervisors. Awesome. Yeah, makes a huge difference. Definitely, definitely. Well, I think even one person, like I said, go ahead. Oh yeah, no worries. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Cool. Well, I think the last sort of question topic um, I wanted to kind of close up on um, recently. it was two or four years ago, uh, but f- f- relatively recently, the uh, Green Party of the United States amended its platform plank um, to basically become an explicitly anti-capitalist, um, socialist, eco-socialist political party. I-, I know this was a platform plank, or a platform amendment that the uh, Youth Caucus was really involved in in pushing. And uh, so that change has been made. It's definitely opened up a lot of... Um, conversation and discussion within the green party about you know what what does a, a, what does eco-socialism mean for the green party so I kind of just i just wanted to pose the question to you um how do you sort of see um eco-socialism directing kind of the the, the shape and direction of the party as as things continue um moving Your ten key values, but I don't see socialism there. That's what that's what they, the peace and freedom well, folks would always that's say. The word <laughs> yeah. and, and everybody who's a, who's a socialist would probably say something different about socialism. <laughs> yeah. But one of the things about eco-socialism and, and socialism, when you combine it with one of the ten key values of the Green Party, is decentralization. Mm-hmm. And so, 
public service. Those things should be provided by the government, and health care is one of those things that's missing. And our higher education um, and the, the, the cost of, the, of higher education as well as the decrease in the number of uh, dollars per pupil that's being spent on public education in the in the lower schools, in the elementary and high schools, um, that education should be something that the government does. The roads, the government does. Healthcare, like I mentioned. The utilities, the telecommunications, you know, those kinds of things is, is what PG&E should be, you know, they have messed up so badly. We should have publicly run the energy. And, as I mentioned, public banks, banking. We need banking. The public needs banking. All the, all the governmental agencies need it. Have that be a public um, service. But the, the things that not everybody needs lots of, let that stay with the private corporations. Don't, um, don't nationalize everything. Um, like, don't, don't nationalize uh, cars or jewelry. Or uh, you know things like that, but make sure that people have the basics of life, including healthcare and including housing. I heard something like uh, Vienna, Austria, if I'm, uh, it was either that year or, or similar. That 50% of the housing is public and it's high quality. Huh. It means the government is the landlord, and they provide good housing because somebody could go someplace else, you know. Um, so. So that's it. And of course, consider the environment. Um, and you can get a lot more jobs when you're doing things for the environment and for, you know, alternative energy and stuff like that. A lot more jobs per dollar, per government dollars spent when you're doing things that are environmental, like, say, healthcare and schools and things like that, than you can get when you're doing the military. There are very few jobs per dollar spent in the military. And so if people are concerned about jobs, go to a Green New Deal, because you'll have jobs that are both easier on the, the environment, that's the eco part, as well as the economical part. Um, you'll have uh, more jobs that are more meaningful and um, and have a better life for everybody and by better that's happier and healthier and more meaningful. So I'm really thrilled about the young people that come in, yourself included, Alex. Well, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, and, and that, that we managed to get, yeah, it, it ain't, it's so easy to get a platform thing, you know, major and it happens. So yeah. you know, that's great. You can even be fun sometimes. <laughs> I was going to say, before I forget, I wanted to um, invite people to go to uh, my website, um, and sign up for a blog that I'm doing. I, I send out updates roughly a monthly. I, monthly. I won't fill up anybody's inbox. Um, but it's laurawells.org. So just my name, um, L-A-U-R-A-W-E-L-L-S dot O-R-G. And one of the things that I'm really focused on this year is Prop 13 reform. It does not affect residential property at all, not homes, not rentals not luxury complexes owned by huge corporations. No, none of that. No residences are affected by this reform. It's just getting the 
huge corporations to pay their fair share. So I wanted to put that out, you know, invite people to go to laurawealth.org and sign up for that if you're not on it already. Awesome, great. Thank, thank you, thank you. Well, um, awesome. Th- thank you so much, Laura, for being on the show, um, taking the time. Bef- I guess just before we sign out, um, I just wanted to open up the floor w- once more. Um, could you kind of share where listeners could, uh, uh, I guess you've mentioned the website a few times already, but maybe just kind of, again, briefly uh, mention where people can get information about the Green Party and get involved. And then obviously if there's anything else you want to say to real quick, uh, yeah, feel, feel free. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked because I just found that thing I was looking for oh, before. Oh, awesome. And it's, and it's so obvious. It's, it's even more embarrassing. But um, first I'll start with the easy one, and that's the national, which is just gp.org, two initials for the Green Party, gp.org. So go there, find out all about the president and a whole bunch of other things, platform, eco-socialism, and so on. And the, the, lo- the California website is cagreen.org. That's C-A-G-R-E-E-N-S dot O-R-G. And right at the upper right, it says find your county party. Uh, and you, when you click on that, you see this uh, nice little map that shows where there are active parties. And if your uh, county does not show up, if, if, it, if it's not green yet, if it's this pale yellow, um, take heart, you can always start one. Just, uh, you know, uh, send, well, uh, send me an email via my uh, website and we'll uh, get it started from there. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you again, Laura, so much for uh, for for taking the time to be on the show, and um, and yeah, uh, of course, of course, and yeah, I, of course, I want to thank the listeners too um, for for sticking by this. Um, I'll talk to you all next time, and uh, you you've been listening to Napa Valley Insurrection. <laughs>